from KQED. This is Forum. I'm Mina Kim. In other breaking news today, ride-hailing company Lyft has announced it will suspend its operations beginning at noon today. That's because today is the day that Uber and Lyft are supposed to reclassify their drivers from independent contractors to employees under a judge's ruling that found the ride-hailing companies are violating the state's landmark labor law, AB5. We look at what's at stake for the companies, the options they're weighing, and how a shutdown of services could affect both drivers and riders. And we want to hear from you. How are you impacted by news of this suspension? There's also one that's considered imminent from Uber. Do you think California is doing the right thing in making Uber and Lyft comply with AB5? The number to call 866-733-6786 with your thoughts, comments, questions. Again, 866-733-6786. Or you can reach us on Twitter, Facebook, or email us at forum at kqed.org. Kate Conger is with us. She is a technology reporter based in San Francisco covering privacy, policy, and labor for the New York Times. Thanks for joining us, Kate Conger. Thank you so much for having me. So first, what can you tell us about this suspension that Lyft is implementing in just a couple of hours? So Lyft and Uber are in a legal battle with the state of California, and there's been an injunction in that case that has told Uber and Lyft they can't continue to treat drivers as independent contractors. They need to hire them and treat them as employees. And rather than comply with that order, Uber and Lyft have said that they will shut down tonight. And uh, and thanks for saying that. I just got the correction from my producer there that uh, it's midnight. It's 12 midnight, not noon. And uh, so is that because they got word that the the stay, the appeal that they made has been denied in some way to try to delay uh, this requirement that they reclassify their drivers to employees? They did appeal this decision, and the appeals court has not made a ruling yet. Um, but this is the deadline that the judge in the case set that this that Thursday today they would have to uh, hire the employees or you know stop doing business. And while they're waiting for the appeals court decision, they really have no other choice than to shut down. So if the court rules today, they may end up continuing to operate. But uh, we're just waiting on a decision at this point. So I mean. In, in a way, though, they really do have the other choice, right, of actually reclassifying their drivers. Why is this something that is so difficult for them to do by today? You know, it, is, it isn't really difficult for them to do by today. They have known for a long time that this law was in place, that it was going to impact them, and they could have made moves to reclassify the drivers early on and not been put in this position. They've really resisted that because they really depend on the independent contractor model to be more profitable for them. And so they haven't wanted to do this. They've considered it a huge burden on the business to reclassify. And so they've been kind of waiting to see what will happen. And and now they're in this position where they only had a 10-day window to reclassify. And can you give us a sense of just how much it would cost for these companies to comply? I mean, I've seen estimates of hundreds of millions of dollars on an annual basis. That's right. The estimates are about $500 million annually for Uber and $200 million for Lyft. And so that is just something that they don't want to give up. But you, you also have written about how they are, even with all of this, even with the suspension, they are exploring other ways or other options for getting around AB5. What did you find out? Right. So one of the options that Uber and Lyft have both looked at is a return to a fleet model 
where they would sort of work with third party fleets and have those people hire drivers as employees. And then the fleets would use Uber and Lyft essentially as a sophisticated dispatch service. So basically they would license their their techno- their platform to these vehicle fleets? That's right. Yeah, they would license the technology and then they would have a more hands-off relationship with the drivers. And they've considered it risky for a number of reasons, but they do think it is their best option if they are forced to comply with AB5. What makes it risky? You know, it's there's a reputational problem when you have a fleet operating. You know, it's still Uber and Lyft's logo on the car. People are still using the app to hail the ride. But, you know, if the driver is rude, the driver is aggressive, or, you know, the car is dirty, that reflects on Uber and Lyft's brand, but they don't really have any control to say, hey, that driver is a problem. We want them to stop driving. So it's, they have a bit of a reputational risk with it. So it's it would really be on the fleet operator to manage any employees that might be problematic then. That's right. Yeah. And there's also a financial risk to it as well. You know, right now, the only people taking a cut of the fare are Uber and the driver, and they would have to reduce their rate probably and and cut in the fleet operator as well. Well, we've got calls coming in and let me start with John in San Jose. Hi, John. Hi, John. Are you there? I can hear you. Um, uh, you know, I've been hearing about this for a while, and I guess is there a, a ballot measure coming up that Uber and Lyft have put on to, you know, kind of uh, exempt them from this law? And it just smacks to me of I've, I've used the service hundreds of times. You know, when I drop my car at the repair shop or need to get across town, and I've talked to hundreds of drivers, and they all enjoy the freedom that being an independent contractor gives them. They work for both companies. They take the best deal. They go, you know, they say, oh, I'm working Friday night because I get the extra, you know, uh, the extra pay for the uh, surge pricing. And they're students or they're retired people. And I have employees and I know I get a lot of control over them because they work for me and it costs money. But, you know, my business, that works fine. But I don't see why the state has to try to nanny state these people take a job. If it was terrible, they wouldn't take the job. And so a lot of these people are now going to not earn any money because they're kind of ruining the whole model of the system. John, thanks for sharing your perspective. There absolutely is a ballot measure. We'll get to it in just a second. But you reminded me that I should say that we invited Uber and Lyft to join us today, a spokesperson from them. They declined, but they did send us a couple of statements. An Uber spokesperson wrote, quote, the vast majority of drivers want to work independently, and we've already made significant changes to our app to ensure that remains the case under California law. When over 3 million Californians are without a job, our elected leaders should be focused on creating work, not trying to shut down an entire industry during an economic depression, end quote. So, Kate Conger, can you talk a little bit about this ballot measure that they are hoping will basically save them from the requirements of AB5, Prop 22, but also talk about what they're referring to when they when they say changes in their app or, or planned changes. Right. So the ballot measure that's coming up in November, it's Prop 22, and Uber and Lyft and DoorDash have sponsored this measure that would basically exempt them from AB5 and allow them to continue operating in an independent contractor model. Um, and then The changes that Uber has made in their app, uh, Lyft has not done this, but Uber has made some changes to the way the driver app operates to give the drivers a little bit more freedom. Um, So they let the drivers set their own rates. 
they let drivers see the fare and the route up front. So if it's a low amount of money or headed to a destination the driver doesn't want to go to, they can decline the ride without a penalty. Well, let me go next to Susan in San Francisco. Hi, Susan. Hi there. Thanks for taking my call. Um, interesting what your commentator just said about Uber and Lyft changing their model to give the drivers, quote, a little more freedom, close quote. That is the, if they, if these drivers had been actual independent contractors, they wouldn't have needed to give them a little more freedom. If Uber and Lyft have been living off the backs of their drivers for a long time, trying to push the envelope, and if they cannot comply with the law, then their business model is unsustainable. And that's what they're, that's what they're trying to get around right now. They want to keep their profits, and they want to ride on the backs of their drivers. And there may be drivers that like working there, but the fact of the matter is that with with things the way they are, people take jobs that they don't particularly like because they need to make some kind of money. But that doesn't justify Uber and Lyft making profits off of people without complying with the law. And, you know, if they want to pull pull out of California to try to throw their muscle around, so be it. They're the ones that are going to be losing the profits, and if they can't comply with the law, they shouldn't be doing business in California. Well, Susan, thanks. I mean, so be it, Kate Conger. I mean, what kind of impact could this have on California? And do you think this suspension really means that these companies who are based here in the Bay Area, in San Francisco, actually, um, would would shut down in the state? Um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. You know, the appeals court could come back and, and say that they can continue to operate, but there is a good chance that they will shut down maybe for weeks, maybe for months until the ballot measure. And, you know, I think what, the, what this caller is saying about them needing to follow the law is true. This has been the law since January and, you know, they've already had, you know, several months of, of a free ride doing business the way they used to do it. And so now they are kind of forced with the decision of coming into compliance with the law. And can you say a little bit more about the things that they would do for drivers if the proposition passed? I mean, are they trying to think of like this this portable benefits model? Is that paving the way for that? So they have added some concessions into the ballot measure that would sort of be employment light or diet employment, if, if you want to look at it that way. Um, there is a wage floor, so um, similar to a minimum wage, and, and there is a benefits package that they would try to work in under this ballot measure. Well, let me go to Jeffrey in San Francisco. Hi, Jeffrey. Uh, yes. Hi. Um, can you hear me well? I'm on Bluetooth, so. I, I can uh, hear you, but you might speak uh, up just a little. Okay. Yeah, um, so I am a uh, Lyft and Uber driver. I don't drive much these days because they don't pay enough for me to do so. But um, I actually am full support AV5 because um, for what, as a driver with over, well over 10,000 rides in the, under the belt, we already know that we are the one that made it happen for them, Lyft and Uber, that is. And um, if they are not properly compensating us, and are arguing the flexibility, it's a false narrative. They just want to profit as much as they can or get to profitability. But they really got to pay the people who truly deliver what make the model work, which is the driver, the backbone of it. Jeffrey. So the flexibility, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. And, and you're reminding me just to also say that this law, AB5, basically said that if uh, a contractor is controlled by the employer and contributing to its usual course of business, that they should be classified as employees. And as employees, they'd be eligible for sick days and other other benefits. And uh, the other thing, Kate Conger, that Jeffrey's comment is reminding me of is not only is he not driving very much because of the fact that he doesn't feel like they pay enough. I'm also hearing that these companies that rides during the coronavirus pandemic have tanked, like their business has tanked. So what kind of situation are they are they in? Right. The financial situation for these companies in the pandemic has been pretty dire. They lost a lot of their business in March and their recovery has been hit or miss since then. I think the latest that we heard from these companies is that rides are still down around 75%. So for people who do drive for these companies, they've already been looking at a lot of other options and a, a lot of other ways to make money. I know a lot of drivers have switched over to food delivery right now because you know people are staying home and ordering meals. And so that is a little bit more lucrative than trying to stick it out in the rides business. Could the food delivery business be subject to some of the same things that AB5 is requiring? Absolutely. DoorDash is part of this ballot initiative. They're very worried about it. And, you know, they are being sued by the district attorney in San Francisco to try to bring them into compliance with AB5. So, you know, this is really going to have downwind effects for the entire gig economy. Mm. Well, let me go to Lamar in Daly City. Hi, da Hi, Lamar. Yes. How you doing? I was just saying that, you know, this AB5 measure, it doesn't only affect California. do a lot of business as far as under, you know, a lot of television operators and different things like that. We do a lot of business and they contract out a lot of work to independent contractors. In some cases, some people travel from other states to California to do work. Um, and this law actually affects those those technicians that are out here. In the, in the area, because we have to leave once the state of emergency is over with if we don't live in California mm. and we won't be able to continue to keep working here, which is, you know, it doesn't hurt me one way or the other because I can go back home. But it's going to hurt a lot of people here because you're not going to have enough technicians to be able to do that. And a lot of people don't do the work that we do or as an employee. They don't want to do that type of work under somebody by the hourly wage, most of the times it's not even enough to even make and live out here as well. Um, you know, the rents are high uh, and those bills are high and, and it's hard to try to do this type of work and then yes. you try to go home and try to pay your bills. So it's going to it's gonna have some effect. And it actually started to have some effect right after the top of January. Uh, but of course, the coronavirus thing came in and had we a state of emergency. So if you work in the E911 program, you got to stay or you allowed to stay and continue to keep working because of the state of emergency took it over. Yeah. Well, Lamar, thank you for the reminder about how many people have a stake in all of this, both one way or the other. And uh, let me quickly try to bring in Roberta from San Leandro. Hi, Roberta. How are you? Hi, Mina. Um, my comment was that you know, traffic and transportation is a regulated industry, buses, taxis, etc. And, um, you know, they limit their buses and their routes and schedules, you know. So we have buses in AC Transit and San Mateo and, you know, each of their areas. When you get a flood of 100,000 cars that are not electric onto the freeway for San Francisco, because I work here, I'm an essential worker, 
it's ridiculous. So something has to give. And I don't think it's right for them to complain when they're an independent contractor because they think, oh, I'm going to make a lot of money. And now they are not making a lot of money, and they're complaining about the job they chose. Well, Roberta, thanks for bringing that in. I mean, certainly there have been studies about the impact, environmental impacts of the increase in ride-hailing companies. Janice writes, I respect the need to protect the drivers and fully support unionization and collective bargaining, but the AB legislation is poorly written and has had far-reaching unintended consequences. It puts both parties in an archaic system of employee-employer relationships. Robert writes, the companies admit they will only operate with an exploitative model or not at all. Marsha writes, you can have a flexible work system with employees. The huge amount of extra cost to Uber and Lyft to treat workers as employees is the amount that drivers are losing in benefits. And Anthony tweets, I'm a driver who's worked in the gig economy on and off for five years. There are valid conversations about base pay and benefits to be heard, but we are in new times and I support a new gig worker classification. You know, all of this coupled with the pandemic, Kate Conger, one of the things that uh, especially supporters of AB5 have pointed out is just how much Uber and Lyft could contribute to unemployment if their drivers were employees. Kate Conger, are you there? Yeah, sorry, I didn't catch your question. Oh, I was saying that one of the things that has come up, especially among supporters of AB5, is just how much Uber and Lyft would contribute to unemployment insurance, right, to the <laughs> to be able right. to contribute for those benefits. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, the other businesses in the state really get left out of this conversation, but all the other businesses who are contributing to the state unemployment funds are getting stuck with the bill as well. So it's not just about are the drivers getting paid enough and do they have the insurance that they need, but it's also you know, are Uber and Lyft paying their fair share or are they sort of floating their business on top of other businesses that are following the law? All right. So we just have about 30 seconds left. I mean, what's next here? Uh, we've got these We've got this suspension from Lyft, an imminent one potentially from Uber. We've got uh, a ballot measure. I mean, we've got a court case. What's going to happen to ride hailing in California? <laughs> I mean, it's all an open question right now. And so I think the next couple of months are going to get very heated as we see this court case play out and the fight for the ballot measure continues. Kate Conger for The New York Times. She's a technology-based reporter who covers privacy, policy, and labor. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. And also thanks to Ariana Prail and Susan Britton who produced today's segments. And as always, thanks to our listeners for their questions and comments. I'm Mina Kim. Really appreciate you listening. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation.